It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I think that this is a great conflict of interest to ask men holding office, elected from districts, to change the lines of that district to fit the new population uh, changes. And uh, they are dealing with the district that elects them. I think that a bipartisan citizens committee representing both parties and and, uh, top-ranking citizens would perhaps do a job that would be based on the needs of the district. I'm Pete Mazzoni. Fairness. Our democracy is built on the idea of fairness and fair representation. But many of our legislators in Harrisburg are not interested in fairness. They're working actively to promote something quite apart from fairness in order to maintain their power. Right now, there's a battle in our state to either maintain a status quo designed to benefit the party in power and undermine democracy, or allow the voting districts to be truly representative of their constituents. Currently, it's the GOP engaging in this venal form of control. But at the time President Reagan was speaking on the issue, many Democrats in Congress were serving in districts drawn to their advantage. If you think this is a left or right issue, you're either partisan to a fault or perhaps have lost all faith in our system of elections. But there is hope. With us today, we have Pete LaGiovanni and Mike Brendel of the Franklin County Chapter of Fair Districts PA a group advocating for fairness in the way lawmakers' districts are drawn. Thanks for being with us here today. So let's get started in talking about how does gerrymandering work and what are you working against here specifically in Pennsylvania? Well, well what gerrymandering does is it allows the legislators to, uh, to draw legislative districts that contain more of their voters, mm-hmm. uh, people who are registered for their party and have indicated they're going to vote for their party and their candidates of that party, so that you put as many uh, voters of, of, of your persuasion in your district as possible to assure that you keep getting reelected. Mm-hmm. And uh, you also can dilute the uh, amount of voters in, in the other person's party to make sure they don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been going on for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is it's gotten more sophisticated now as uh, computer technology has allowed politicians to uh, be even more um, sinister, if you will, in how they uh, draw these districts to make sure that uh, they face no real competition. Mm-hmm. And it, it's gotten to the point now where, for example, in Pennsylvania, 13 uh, of our 18 uh, congressional representatives are Republicans in a state that's pretty fairly split 50-50. And in fact, in most congressional elections, Democratic uh, candidates get more actual total votes. So uh, it's a a terrible system. uh, And it's not just a partisan system, as we see in Maryland. It's the opposite way. Democrats have have jerry-rigged the system so that uh, they they control the legislature. Uh, The classic example is... uh, if you're familiar with Maryland, uh, Western Maryland is very rural, yeah, right. and uh, yeah, and for years uh, Republican represented that area. And after the last census, they uh, the Democrats in the Maryland legislature uh, gerrymandered that district so that actually a an attorney living just outside of Washington D.C. in Montgomery County uh, represents the people in Western Maryland. So it, it's a, it's a heinous system, and um, and a number of legislators. In our chamber, uh, Pennsylvania legislature, have come up with legislation to correct that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, it's not easy to do. Uh, Pennsylvania, and we can talk about this later, 
has a terrible system of uh, referendum and of, uh, of, of reforming itself. And so it's very difficult to do. Uh, in order to get um, a referendum before the people to uh, amend the state constitution, you have, to get, uh, uh, you have to get a bill approved in two consecutive sessions to put before the voters. And, of course, those bills have to be approved by the same legislators whose uh, power you're trying to curtail. Right. And uh, we can talk about what happened last week. With, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and talk about uh, what, what happened last week. Well, um, the House Bill 722 is the one that calls for the creation of independent redistricting commission. And it had uh, 110 sponsors, which is over half the people, the, re- the representatives in the state assembly. Uh, so it looked fairly good that we might actually get a floor vote. But uh, Representative uh, Metcalf uh, pulled a quickie, and he, uh, he called a, a unannounced session of the, uh, I think it was the Rules Committee that he's chairman of, and uh, presented a, uh, without any notification till the night before, that there was going to be a meeting and what really what the meeting was about. And when everybody showed up that next morning at 1030, he presented a bill, a redistricting bill that he and, and members of his uh, committee had drawn up, Republican members of the committee had drawn up, and uh, all 15 uh, Republicans voted for it, all Repub- Democrats, I think were 11, voted against it. But basically they voted out this new redistricting commission that just basically does the same. As a matter of fact, it's even worse than what we have now because it removes uh, the uh, Supreme Court from any, uh, any, any participation in redistricting. So it makes it even more political. Now, is that a rewriting of HB 722? And supposedly it was, bill? but it's a new bill. So for those of the listeners, um, this is to amend the Pennsylvania Constitution by establishing an independent redistricting commission to provide a nonpartisan process for redistricting in the state. So they have done, pulled what sounds like a parliamentary procedure to undermine this. So where does this leave HB 722? Is it dead? It depends. Um, it depends on whether or not uh, they actually present it to the assembly or not, or whether they present this new bill to the assembly. From people I've talked to in Harrisburg, they kind of think that, uh, that it'll, it'll just die in this committee both bills. They don't want it to go to the floor for a vote because then those 110 uh, assemblymen who co-sponsored it are going to have to expose themselves to a vote. Mm -hmm. And uh, my feeling is, and a lot of people's feeling is, that there are a number of co-sponsors of this legislation who wanted their name on as co-sponsors but never really actually wanted to see the legislation enacted. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that what happened in Metcalf's committee was probably... uh, ordained uh, from the beginning, that they were never going to let it hit, uh, hit the floor. So where does that leave the effort? Because the Supreme Court, of the state Supreme Court, ordered them to do redistricting, correct? Yeah. Uh, that was only for the districts for our, our congressional seats in, in right. Washington, D.C., right. not for the state as- right. assembly. Okay, I'm talking about state something else. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, and there I are think- three levels here. The, the uh, Schuster's level, the Washington, that's redistricting, and then the, our, our representatives for the ha- Assembly, and then our senators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have two sets of rules for them. And, and uh, the court just is dealing with the, the uh, House in, in Washington, D.C. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, it, and it's just good for this election, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing that, that I think killed 
HB uh, 722 and might also kill Senate Bill 22 is the fact that th they call for not just the uh, congressional uh, redistricting, but also state redistricting. Of course. And uh, I think that's what scares our state legislators more than anything. They, they would throw their, their uh, I believe they would throw their, their federal congressmen under the bus uh, if it was just them. Mm -hmm. But to protect themselves. Uh, now they're motivated. Now they're motivated. Okay. So what is the balance of power in Harrisburg right now? I mean, how far off are, are, we, are you or this group or the citizens of, of getting something done regarding uh, proper redistricting? Well, we have a, a Mr. Fulmer in the, in the Senate is promises a fair hearing next right. next week. So that's a, we haven't gotten one yet. So that's, okay. uh, that's as far as we've gotten. If that happens this coming week. Now, what is his, his title there? I don't know what his title. He, is. He's head of the governance committee or something like okay. that. I think something like that. Okay. And that that's where the uh, uh, the bill in the Senate is being considered. Okay. Okay. So he said we're going to have a fair hearing. But we've had, what, about 28 sponsors in the Senate, is that yeah. right, at this uh, point? Don't so we don't, we don't have a majority in, in the Senate. And there are, it's bipartisan, again, but it's uh, a minority. But, you know, the hope is maybe we can get something done in the Senate, and then it goes to the House, mm -hmm. and then they would be forced to put it on the floor. But mm -hmm. that, we don't have, what, three months? Yeah. Three, it has to, to be, do it. It has to do by, by, by the middle of July, I think. Yeah. Now, how does that deadline come about? Uh, it has to be on the ballot uh, in November, and so okay. uh, I think this session ends in July. Right. So yep. it has to be. It's the end of the session. It has to be approved. Okay. Yes. Do you have all the Democrats supporting you, or no? Interesting. No, there, yeah, there are still some that are holding out. Yeah, but I I think the plan is if if it never gets to a vote on the floor to make this an issue for voters in November. How does your how does your uh, representative stand on this? And if they don't support it, then vote them out. It's the only way it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, We're having petitions signed in, in the primary okay. to try, try to push pressure you know, at, at this point when in everybody. That's one of our strategies of dealing with this at this point. All right, so this, this hearing you're going to have, what exactly are you presenting? Well, in the Senate, it would be Senate Bill 22, which is identical to House Bill 722. Mm -hmm. And it calls for the creation of independent redistricting commission. Okay, yeah, let's talk about some of the elements within that. Um, this is from Senate Bill 22. Based on statewide voter registration numbers, the Independent Citizens Commission will be comprised of four individuals registered with the largest political party in the state, four individuals registered with the second largest political party, and three individuals with affiliations that are neither of the largest parties. Right. So that's, that's the plan, basically. Mm -hmm. And now, is this based off the census? Because one thing I looked up, I looked up two different things. I looked up constitutional challenges to redistricting and what they're doing in Arizona. And in Arizona, their independent redistricting commission is based on the census. So that based on the census, they then determine these groups, this four, four, and three. Um, is there something similar to that happening with, in Pennsylvania, or are you running it differently? Well, I, I don't think that's spelled out no, in, in that I, I, concrete. But it's pretty obvious it's the Republicans, the Democrats, and then the Libertarians right, or right. whatever. And the other thing is that you can't have, uh, you can't have uh, say, the Republicans in the independent group gang up on the Democrats for a, a, a district to be presented. You have to have at least one from each of the groups sign on to it. Mm -hmm. So that, that's another way to keep it more fair. 
Yeah, and, and, the, and, and the members of the group will be selected from information that's readily available online. Every, every voter's registration is online, so it's not hard to uh, run a program to pull off uh, uh, every registered Democrat, every registered Republican, every registered independent or non, nonpartisan. So that, that's, that's what they use to draw the districts to begin with, the gerrymandered mm -hmm. districts to begin with. It's out there. Now, aren't, aren't, aren't the worst examples of this mainly in the Philadelphia area? And the Pittsburgh area, I think the worst was was a seven, the old congressional seventh seventh district, which is was around the Philadelphia area, where they had the uh, goofy kicking Donald Donald clicking goofy Donald clicking goofy. right for yeah. for the listeners, it it is it it does look like Donald kicking goofy or what have you. It's that yeah. contorted, um, so it's an uphill battle. Yep, all the way. Uh, yes. It sounds like you're going to get a hearing, but it sounds like it's going to be more for show than for anything if you've got some of these republicans signing on in name but perhaps not really backing the effort what's it going to take to what's it going to take to move things forward anybody who listens to this podcast anybody who cares about government in pennsylvania has got to stead, step out there the uh the rally we had last week was the largest rally in harrisburg since the rally to oppose the pay pay hike mm -hmm. uh and it's going to take that kind of uh anger uh, uh, people are going to have to get that mad about how the system's operated to, and let their legislators know that they want an independent redistricting commission mm -hmm. created. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if that doesn't happen, then these guys will just, uh, and women, will just keep going along as they had. Right. And again, as you pointed out, it's both parties are going to do it, given the option. So whether you're a citizen of Maryland, Western Maryland, where it's obviously going to be conservative, you're not being represented. Right. Right. The other bad part of it is that it, I think, it's my personal opinion, it promotes ideological debate. You're not representing people. You, you get the extremists because you appeal to your extreme base in the primaries. Mm -hmm. And gerrymandered districts, the gung-ho people come out in a primary, and then you get people elected who can't compromise, and they don't really have a dialogue in solving problems. Right. So you get stalemates year after year after year. Right. This is about a good government. And if you want, if you complain about the government, you don't do anything about it, you know, in terms of supporting this, then you're stuck with what you deserve. All right, 100%. Now, yeah. about voter turnout in our state, uh, are we, how are we doing? Are we uh, on the national average of somewhat apathetic or? I think, I think we're worse than the national average, especially in, in off-year elections. Uh, and that's because so many uh, of our legislative districts are unopposed in the elections. People, candidates are unopposed. Or, like we said, the, the, uh, the parties have packed them so much that people don't even bother to vote. Because, mm -hmm. uh, for example, in, in our district, our congressional district, um, it's going to be very hard to unseat whoever the Republican nominee is. Yes, it would be very hard. But as we now know, there are a lot of people running for office right now. We're going to be having uh, Emily Best in to talk about her run for the uh, state Senate. So hopefully that's going to change and we'll see more names on the ballot. You know, I've lived here for a while and I, I do know that to be true. You see one name and then a blank for a write-in and that's about it. And so they continually get reelected. Um, let's get into some of these uh, concepts within gerrymandering. Um, cracking, packing, and sweetheart gerrymandering. Um, what's your definition of cracking? How does that actually work? You have a, a, a district 
that you uh, want to dilute it's diluting the the uh, number of, of voters for your opposition. Mm -hmm. Okay, if it's relatively competitive, then you redistribute so that you take out your opposition. Right, you crack apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then go ahead. And then the sweetheart is this: I'll redistribute mine so it's Republican, and I'll agree that you get yours as Democratic. And we'll shake on, and that's to protect against having big primaries. You know, or, mm -hmm. or that, you know, you don't have to spend a lot on your on your reelection because you don't have much opposition. Okay, and, and so you're you're both benefiting. Mm -hmm. You're both insured in of getting reelected. So this mm -hmm. is sort of an informal handshake, sweetheart. From what I understand, uh, the classic is is Austin, Texas, which has been cracked into like six congressional districts. And consequently, uh, Republicans keep getting elected, even though uh, they're the minority in, in Austin. I want to get into that. This is a big part of this conversation in terms of Democratic turnout versus Republican turnout. So in this state, where are we with Democratic turnout versus Republican turnout? Because I know there are places where there are more Democrats in a district than there are Republicans, but Republicans, because of gerrymandering, are able to maintain control. Well, I mean, if you've ever watched election returns on election night, you always know that uh, when the returns come in, the Democratic candidates, statewide candidates, are always way ahead. And then the, the results move farther to the West, and eventually uh, the question is whether or not the Democratic candidate has, has piled up enough votes in the Philadelphia area mm -hmm. to withstand what's going to come when you get to the, mm -hmm. the western part of the state. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the way it's always, well, I don't want to say it's always been, but at least in the 40 years I've lived here, it seems to be that way. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, 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 a, it's a problem. And, and until Democrats figure out a way to appeal to people in, uh, in, uh, in rural areas, uh, and the sad thing is issues like guns and, and abortion are paramount. I mean, you, you could be uh, the second coming of Franklin Roosevelt, but if you don't, if you don't support guns and uh, oppose abortion, then these folks aren't going to vote for you. Yeah, the, the the not single issue voters anymore. It's it's <clears throat> dual issue voters, but that's it. They're not going to that third issue. Right. Yeah, I would say that from my perspective as a news consumer in this state, I'm not hearing anything from Democrats about gerrymandering or motivating change or anything in that regard. One other thing I want to bring up in terms of gerrymandering that I found very creative: prison-based gerrymandering. This is counting incarcerated people who are not allowed to vote in the district where the prison is located rather than in their home districts. Wow. <laughs> Ingenuity yeah. at work. Yeah. There, and there's a film about uh, gerrymandering that was it, uh, there was some state, was it in Wisconsin, where they, you know, the, the population has a, they have a huge prison there, and the population of the, the electoral district is, is uh, very small, and like 90% of that population are prisoners. So uh, uh, they, they're allowed to get a representative because of that, mm -hmm. but uh, the actual number of voters is very small, and uh, they're predominantly of one party. So. And if that doesn't get under your skin about fairness, I don't know what will. I mean, you're, you're immune to it. I think the other thing that happens with gerrymandering, the more you talk about it, I think there's a segment of people that just go, they just get turned off. They say, you know, they're all corrupt. What's the point? And then that... That frightens me when people are turned off of participating, yeah. you know, which is the worst case scenario, which is further entrenches the people in power. And what the, the, the other thing about the prison uh, uh, thing is that the, 
they're moving the prisons away from the cities, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then that gives the rural areas, which are Republican, more power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so out in, in um, Clearfield County is where I, uh, where I first lived. They built a huge prison there, and that really helps the, that area in terms of the, the redistricting. And sure. It gives them more political power, even those people can't vote, and they're not from that area. And then it gets worse because when these guys, women, get out, and complete their sentences, in a lot of states, they're still not allowed to vote. Right. Right. Now, fortunately, Pennsylvania isn't one, but a lot of states don't allow uh, convicted felons to vote even after they've uh, served their time. They're, so, they're uh, a permanent second-class yeah, citizen. Yeah, permanent second Yeah, we love to punish people. We yeah. don't like to rehabilitate them. We like to <clears throat> punish them. Yeah. So it sounds like we've, you've got to, people have got to be, it's, it's an odd kind of motivation because if you're a Republican, right now you look at the state and Senate and you go, I'm fine with it. But if you're a Democrat, you say no, and Maryland is the opposite. So it, it, are you, is your message getting out to a bipartisan audience? Uh, is, is it getting traction? Or are people just so deeply entrenched, they fall into that position of, well, my team's winning. What do I care? Well, number one, people have to understand, especially Republicans in this area, have to understand that if the system isn't changed, they will lose in 2020. Mm-hmm. Because the Supreme Court uh, is now controlled by Democrats. And the way the uh, system currently works, uh, there are five members on the redistricting commission, two elected Republicans, two elected Democrats, and then they pick a fifth member. And traditionally what happened is uh, if the courts were, uh, were previously Republican, which they were, then the Republicans on this commission would not be able to agree on who that fifth member would be, and the Supreme Court would would pick that person, and a Republican Supreme Court would pick a Republican, and that's how we got this mess we we are in today. But now the Democrats control the Supreme Court, so if nothing's done, the Democrats will probably do pretty well in the next redistricting. So they they should. But again, it's because of a rigged system, not not because uh, uh, not the way the system should work, not a fair and independent system. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, it's just a bad system all out, and, and we've got to change the process. Whether or not people are going to understand this, I'm I'm not confident they will, and I'll tell you why. And Jeremy is probably aware of this. Uh, <clears throat> I went around to. Uh, to local governmental agencies and ask them to support a resolution, to endorse a resolution supporting uh, HB 22, uh, 722 and, and Senate Bill 22, to support our efforts to create an independent redistricting commission. The Borough Council of Chambersburg voted unanimously to, to endorse that resolution, and they did, and passed the resolution. I went to Greencastle, and they voted narrowly to uh, in support and endorse the resolution and sign a resolution. I went to Waynesboro, and they wouldn't even consider it. Afterwards, I, I was told that the reason they wouldn't consider it is because uh, the word was out that uh, this legislation is, is, uh, is supported by the League of Women Voters, which it is, and the League of Women Voters, as everybody knows, is just a front for George Soros and, and the liberal socialist Democrats. You're kidding, right? <laughs> That's what they told people. And so then I'm I, losing faith in humanity. <laughs> so then I went to, to Mercersburg, and again, the same thing happened. To make it worse, then the Greencastle uh, Borough Council uh, said, uh, wait a minute, we're going to rescind our support. And they did. On a very close vote that was broken by the mayor, they uh, rescinded their earlier support. And George Soros was brought up at that meeting, too. And George too. Soros was brought up at that meeting, too. Yes, because it was, this was supported by George Soros. Money. Right, right. And so... 
No, I don't. I, I, I was shocked at how quickly the machine, uh, the, uh, the right-wing uh, disinformation machine, got out there and jumped all over this. I'll jump in here. I was proud to see the Chambersburg Borough Council not go down that road, right. but it, we were one of your first presentations. Right. So word got out, I think, after that presentation, right. and that's when the shenanigans began. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Soros yeah. story didn't the make its Soros way to Chambersburg, rumors. I guess. Not right away. It hadn't yet. It hadn't and yet. This <laughs> is just asking them to pass a resolution. This and, is yeah. not actual legislative no. action. No. Just yeah. say you support the end of gerrymandering and you support uh, these bills before the legislature uh, creating an independent redistricting commission. I also went before the uh, township supervisors in Guilford in Green Townships, and they didn't, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Their supervisors yes. felt that that their job is to take care of roads and stuff, and they don't want to get involved. So in the issue maybe is a little mundane, you know, in that it doesn't really whip up public sentiment so that, you know, they, they can do these things. They can, you know, rescind these resolutions and, and be okay with it. How was the turnout for some of these uh, council meetings? Was it sparse? or No, we had, we had pretty good turnouts. Uh, the word got out, and we had a lot of our supporters there. But it was... Um, it was horrible. The, uh, I, was it the Greencastle one where they gave me, you get 10 minutes to yes. speak. Mm-hmm. So I had a speech prepared, yes. and uh, without any warning, without saying you have a minute left or anything, that they said, that's it. I said, what do you mean? They said, that's it. Your 10 minutes are up. They wouldn't so let them complete the sentence. Wouldn't let, let me complete a sentence. Was this, a, this was at the second presentation, yes, right? Yes, the second this presentation. You were pleading with them not right. to right. <laughs> rescind. Right, right. Yeah. So it's 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 sad. It's a state of our politics today. And what really gets me mad is the reason I got involved in this was because I, I felt that the way things were in Franklin County, any kind of obviously partisan uh, action would, would get shot down. So let me find something that is bipartisan, nonpartisan. And you can't think of anything that is more there's nonpartisan no, yeah, there's than no this. there's no such thing anymore. Right. And, but it, it suddenly became one, and uh, once they, it becomes partisan to these folks, then it's it's anathema. You're done. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they can bring up Soros over and right. over, which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. This guy's this catch-all bogeyman yeah. who yeah. represents all evil in the world. Well, and what killed me was they, they they were attacking the League of Women Voters. I mean, please. I mean, this group of of, of, of women whose main focus is on getting people to vote, encouraging people to vote, and supporting the electoral process. That's their whole reason for being. Right, but you, we have to be aware at this point that that's not really what they want. You know, with whether it's voter ID or whatever it is, whatever prohibition can be set up is something that the GOP is going to favor. So it, some, someone like the League of Women Voters is almost an enemy. Yeah, yeah. Because if enough Democrats get you know, signed up to vote, they're out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a sad situation. And, uh, and my, my feeling is until the Democratic Party gets their act together and, and figures out a way to appeal to these folks, uh, uh, overcome their fears and focus on, you know, what we're offering, it, it's going to keep, it's going to stay this way. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, any final thoughts you want to share with us? Something motivating? <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up? What's what's next? Well, next week will be the the Senate bill, and and hopefully we can get that out of committee and onto the floor. I think I think we might, but I L- long term we have a, a contest we're promoting, and this is to to uh, show you that gerrymandering is not a rocket science. We're taking K through twelve is one group, uh, college through graduate school is another, and then everybody else is in the 
third group, and there's going to be a five thousand dollar prize for. Uh, we're producing software that anybody can draw their own redistricting map of Pennsylvania, mm. and this is to promote uh, the people that you know when they say, "Oh, it's a difficult thing," and you know it is if you want to keep your own people in power, but it's not to create a good map. So we're going to do this, run this every six months until. I think 2021. Where do we go to uh, participate in well, this? Well, we, ha- we will have it on our Fair Districts uh, website, but it's not out yet. We don't have the software completed. Okay. We, ha- we had a primitive version shown to us at the at the rally on Monday. Okay. So uh, you'll be hearing more about it. Right, and awesome. uh, that'll be, you know, $5,000. And if you want to give out the website real quick, where do we go? Uh, www.fairdistrictspa.org. Okay. .org? Com. Com. I, com. Maybe I, it's .com. I think it's .com, I'm not sure. I bet either way it gets you there. You can just type or, in Fair or Districts Google PA it. and you'll right. get there. <laughs> I think yeah. you will. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today with this important topic. And I'm going to turn yeah. it over to you, Jeremy. Yeah, first up, pardon all the sirens going by. We've got something happening in town today. Um, we have next week Emily Best, like you mentioned before. She's uh, from McConnellsburg. She's running for the 30th Senatorial District. As a Democrat. Seat, as a Democrat. It's the seat currently held by John Eichelberger, who's running for Congress. So we look forward to that next week. We'll learn more about her. Eichelberger, by the way, was the one who was spreading the uh, Soros rumor. Really? When I talked to people and said, how did you hear about that? He uh, referred me to uh, Senator Eichelberger. Also, uh, I guess it was when I was in Mercersburg, uh, Jim Taylor, if any of your listeners remember Mr. Yeah. Taylor, an extreme right winger, uh, when I mentioned to him that uh, that our Republican uh, representative, Rob Kaufman, supported uh, HB 722, he said, oh, I talked to Rob, and Rob said he just, he just signed on to that just to get these people off his back, but he doesn't really support it. So... Uh, it's it's really devious and nefarious the way these uh, our legislators have, have probably scripted this out from the beginning and knew that they could support it uh, because it would never come to a floor vote. If we could get this to a floor vote, then we could really uh, put these people to the test. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm, I think I talked to Paul Schimmel, and I think he does support it. Yeah, so Schimmel, we actually Schimmel's met with. Schimmel's a Republican, correct? Yes. He's from, Republican, yeah. And, from the Greencastle area. Yeah, and, and Hamilton Township, yeah. which I live in. And we had a long conversation. That's part of gerrymandering. <laughs> we had a long conversation with him last, uh, last was it October we were yes, out there? We were, we were both up there. <clears throat> and he, he's the real deal. Yes, uh, he, he is. really is. So there yeah. are those out there. An honest the politician. Yeah. Well, well, he's young and idealistic. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the ticket. Get them when they're young, right? And, 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 we, have a, uh, and uh, we had a group of people from Minnow Haven who uh, do vote. And we went to see uh, uh, Rich Alloway, our senator, and he was against it. And after an hour of talking and saying, you got to provide leadership for good government, it's your responsibility, we vote, he actually changed it. He called up Fulmer, talked to him while we were there. And uh, Now, are you getting these people he, on the record? He, he changed yeah. his mind, yes. Uh, he, he got on the record. Uh, he, he's for sponsoring it. And we wrote a letter to the editor thanking him for co-sponsoring it, and, and he didn't deny it. But whether yeah. or not he's actually prepared to vote for it, we'll never know if it doesn't come to us. Well, we, right. we, we don't know that. Right. But he said he did. I know we're, we're running out of time, but just yeah. one more thing. So in 2020, one way or another, redistricting is going to happen. Right. Well, it's going to happen because right away. it always census. happens after the right. census. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you've, got to, you've got to be thinking, what, what's their plan? Because I guarantee they have one. Well, their plan is to, uh, I'm sure, to change the judges. 
keep the system in place and then make sure our more Republican judges are elected mm-hmm. in the next uh, judicial elections. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, again, thank you guys very much for coming here today. <laughs> it's a fascinating topic. Pete, we've got uh, to remind people um, about how they can contact the Progress Pod. Progress Pod. At gmail.com. Gmail.com. I wanted, Get in touch. I, I wanted to say this week, give us your thoughts on the show. Uh, give us ideas for shows. And also, if... Um, you have a, an event coming up. You're a nonprofit who has an event you'd like to promote. Send it to us. Send it our way. And, uh, Send we'll your thoughts and prayers. Promoting We're that. ready. <laughs> um, if, you that have, if you have any questions <laughs> that I didn't address today, send those as well, and we'll reach out, and we'll we uh, get some answers for yep. you. Don't forget you can subscribe to the Progress Pod on iTunes. In the iTunes Store, you just plug in Progress Pod into the iTunes Store search, and you'll find us. And we're also online at progresspod.org and on Twitter at The Progress Pod. All right. Thanks very much. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.